Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Today is Friday, June 5th, 2020, the first flashback Friday in the history of Locked On Blackhawks. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 152nd episode of LOB. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., you'll be able to get the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks as soon as it comes out each day, so make sure to go do that. Also, please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks. Some good stuff will be posted there daily as well. So thank you again for tuning in. To start off today's episode, I want to talk about some news that just broke yesterday. According to the Athletics' Pierre Lebrun, the NHL and NHLPA have finalized a majority of the details of the 2014 postseason format that will be taking place sometime in late July or early August. Some of the key details from that announcement were that the teams will be reseeded after each round instead of being bracketed, which is what the NHLPA wanted according to a couple of different sources. The playoffs not being bracketed negatively affects the Blackhawks, because this means that they will take on the highest seed available in every round they advance. Another key detail that could affect the Blackhawks and ties into this, which you'll see here in a second, is that the top four teams in each conference who get a bye from the playing series will play each other in a round-robin format to determine the one to four seeds with regular season points percentage serving as the tiebreaker. The top four teams in the Western Conference are the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. So, let's say the Hawks manage to upset the five-seeded Edmonton Oilers in the play-in series, then they will take on the highest-seeded team from the round-robin format in the first round of the playoffs. Looking at how the Blackhawks fared against those four teams this season, starting with the St. Louis Blues, the Hawks struggled against their division rival this year, going 0-4-0 and getting shut out twice against St. Louis. The Hawks lost the first matchup 4-0, and then just 12 days later, they lost again 4-3, which, if you remember correctly, was the game the Hawks blew a 3-0 lead in the third period. Listen, there were a handful of heartbreaking bouts this season for the Hawks, but that game, especially because it was in St. Louis and uh, I'm in Columbia, which has Blues fans all over the place, that one might just take the cake. I was hearing about that one for a while. Tough loss there for the boys. The Hawks went on to lose the third meeting between the two teams 6-5, to five, and then in the second-to-last game of the regular season, they were shut out 2 to nothing to the hands of the Blues. So 0-4-0 against their division rival this year. We are really hoping that St. Louis doesn't come out of the round-robin format as the top seed. And also, the same could be said about the next team, the Colorado Avalanche. The Hawks went 1-3-0 against the Avs this year with three pretty bad losses. Uh, they had back-to-back games in late uh, late November. The Hawks lost the first bout 5-2, and then they lost the back end 7-3. So two pretty bad losses there. Uh, and then they lost 4-1 in the third meeting before finally defeating the Avs 5-3 in the final meeting of the regular season. As for Vegas and Dallas, though, the Hawks actually had some success there. In the three matchups versus Vegas, the Hawks went 1-1-1, one, one, and one, 
losing the first matchup way back in October, two to one in a shootout. So kind of throw that one in the trash. They answered back to defeat the Golden Knights five to three in November before dropping the final matchup five to one. But that was all the way back in December. So all three of those games were a while ago, and uh, it's going to be a lot different. Uh, being fresh uh, off of two months off because of the COVID-19 outbreak. So those games kind of really, you can kind of chalk them up and count it as you may. Looking at Dallas now, probably the team the Blackhawks played the best against of the four uh, as the Hawks also went 1-1-1. Just like against Vegas, the Hawks dropped the first meeting 2-1 in a shootout before winning the second game by a score of 3-0. And then in the third tilt in late February, the Hawks lost a close battle 2-1, to one. so all three games against Dallas were close matchups, so that's probably the team the Hawks want to come out of the round robin on top. Sadly, that is the least likely scenario, as Dallas was the fourth and final team to receive the bye from the playing rounds in the Western Conference. Some other key details that came out on Thursday were that in the first three rounds of the playoffs, the higher-seeded team will be awarded home ice, But in the Conference Finals and Stanley Cup Final, the team with the higher regular season points percentage will be designated as the home team. Now, some of you out there may be thinking, why does it even matter uh, who the home team is if the postseason is expected to be played in hub cities without fans in attendance? Well, you may not be considering that home ice still holds a lot of weight when you consider line changes and the matchups. Being the home team means... You have the closer change in the first and third periods, and you have the last change before faceoffs, so the matchups are in your favor. So those are two pretty big factors uh, into the game. So uh, home ice advantage still does hold a lot of meaning, even though fans will not be in attendance. Some other important news was that the play-in series will be best of five as we expected, while the remainder of the postseason will be best of seven, which was also expected. And also what the NHLPA wanted as well. So uh, it sounds like the NHLPA uh, and the NHL were able to agree on basically exactly what the players wanted. They got their reseeding instead of uh, the postseason being bracketed. And uh, they also got the best of seven series throughout the playoffs uh, while the playing series will be best of five. All right, so I think that basically takes care of all the news that came out on Thursday regarding the 24-team postseason format. Coming up next, I'm going to talk about the Blackhawks' most recent acquisition that kind of went under the radar, which was the signing of 21-year-old Czech winger Matej Chalupa. Hell of a name. But first, I need to tell you about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes like a a candy bar. Crazy to think about. Bilt Bar comes in eight different chocolate nut or nut-free flavors, which are completely covered in 100% real chocolate. Not any of that fake stuff they try to give you sometimes. This is the real deal, 100% chocolate. Bilt Bars are magnificent tasting and also health conscious, so you can enjoy a tasty snack while also staying fit. Bilt Bars are only 170 calories per bar, while they're also high in protein and high in fiber. What more could you want from a protein bar that tastes like candy? I am not lying when I say you need to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps to get $10 off your first order. Just a ridiculous deal there that you need to take advantage of. That's all caps LOCKDOWN at BuiltBar.com to get $10 off your first order. 
Who doesn't like a protein bar that tastes like chocolate and candy? Make sure to use promo code LOCKDOWN to get $10 off your first Built Bar order. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at TalkinHockey. That's capital T-A-L-K-I-N, capital H-A-W-K-E-Y. Also, make sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcasts, and also on Twitter, at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, to get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. All right, so we just wrapped up talking about all of the news that came out on Thursday regarding the NHL's 2014 postseason format. Now it's time to flip the script and move on to our next topic, which was the signing of check forward Mate Chalupa. All right, before we get any farther... It's not actually pronounced Chalupa. It's Halupa, but with the last name of Chalupa, I'm going to call him Chalupa forever. I'm pretty sure every Blackhawks fan out there that's aware of who this guy is loves him already because of his last name, and will call him that forever. So unfortunately, uh, it is not Mate Chalupa. It is Mate Halupa, uh, an instant Blackhawks fan favorite. Because of that last name alone. We need to get Taco Bell out there somewhere to throw us a promo code with that last name. <laughs> but anyways, the terms of the contract are a two-year entry-level contract worth $925,000 per season. Halupa, a six foot two, 194-pound lefty, played for HK Heratic Kralov of the Czech League this past season. No, I butchered one or butchered that one for sure, so I apologize if I have any Czech listeners out there, but uh, I'm not Czech, so I give it my best shot. That That's what I got there. H.K. Herodic Kralov. It's H-A-R-H-R-A-D-E-C-K-R-A-L-O-V-E, so uh, that's what I got from that. But anyway, Halupa tallied 7 goals and 17 assists for 24 points in 50 games, But you also have to remember that the Czech League is a little more of a low-scoring league than, say, the NHL. So 24 points in 50 games isn't as bad as it sounds. Uh, Halupa's 17 assists were actually tied for the team lead, and his 24 points were the fourth best. So that's pretty impressive considering that he was the second youngest player on the squad. He definitely showed his potential by producing consistently for his team at a young age. So it was a productive 21-year-old season for Halupa in the Czech League this year. Halupa is also a former teammate of Blackhawks standout rookie Dominic Kubalik as the two played together in the Czech League during the 2018-19 season. And they're also in the same organization together for a handful of years but never really saw uh, that much game action together. Now, if you've been following the Blackhawks for the last handful of years, You know they do a tremendous job scouting talent overseas, particularly in Europe and the Czech Republic. So the signing of a former teammate of Kubalik's should not be a surprise by any means. This kind of thing has happened a lot in the last few years in the Blackhawks organization. 
a little more about Halupa here, who, by the way, you guys got to give this guy a good old Google search because he has one hell of a beard. I struggle to basically grow anything. So when I see a beard of that stature, I'm pretty uh, mesmerized. So go give him a Google. I am hoping during his time with the Hawks, we can see them get back into the postseason because I need to see that bad boy at its full potential. It's glamorous. Anyways, getting back to hockey talk, a little sidetracked. Hoopa, uh, according to a couple of different websites and scouts, I did some research on him. Uh, the majority of them said that he's a strong forward, a guy who can play in the dirty areas and is pretty solid defensively. Uh, but he does have some skill off the rush, a nifty little offensive skill set in his arsenal. Uh, so I I'm going to go and guess he's uh, kind of like David Camp with a little bit more offense, maybe a Dominic Cahoon stature. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the offensive talent that Kubalik is, but uh, you know how the Blackhawks rock. They like to take their chances on European players. And it certainly can't hurt to have another depth piece in the organization. We, we've seen the Blackhawks go this route the last couple of years. Uh, Anton Vadin is a name that comes to mind. Uh, Jakob Nielsen. So uh, I'm going to guess that Halupa uh, is probably one of those guys that can, can be brought up and play on the fourth line if you need him to. But he will likely start the year off in Rockford. That's, that's my guess. Anyways... Uh, looking at a couple of Halupa's other past seasons, an impressive one here. In 2016-17, he led the Czech U-20 League with 31 goals and 62 points in route to the league title as an 18-year-old. Not a big deal. So pretty impressive stuff from Halupa there, playing with some older guys and still dominating the league and carrying his team to the league championship. Halupa began the 2017-18 season in the same league, which seems almost a little bit unfair after dominating at such a young age the year prior. Uh, but he was moved up shortly after uh, in his first 14 games in that league. He tallied 10 goals and 5 assists. So 10 goals in the first 14 games, he was obviously too dominant for that league. The next year, his first full season in Czech Republic's top league, 2018-19, Halupa recorded Four goals and 10 assists in 48 games as a 20-year-old, so not exactly lit it up, but he was getting his feet wet in a new league, a young kid playing with a bunch of guys who are well older than he is. So uh, he handled his own, and then we already talked about what he did this past year, uh, a pretty strong performance as a 21-year-old. So it makes sense that the Blackhawks took a flyer on Halupa. You never really know with a bunch of these European guys uh, I mean, Artemi Panarin, I mean, he was highly sought after, but an undrafted guy that really no one knew about. Dominic Kubelik, a former seventh-round pick. He has 30 goals in his first NHL season. A lot of us thought, you know, Kubelik would be a decent top-nine addition to the Blackhawks lineup, but here he is kind of, uh, he's not going to win Rookie of the Year, but certainly inserting his name into the conversation at least, and now he's on the top line with Jonathan Taze, 30 goals in his first NHL campaign. So anything can happen in the offseason and in training camp. So it will definitely be interesting to keep an eye on Mate Chalupa and his development down the road. All right, coming up in just a moment, I am finally going to debut my Flashback Friday segment, which is a quick look back at this day in Blackhawks history to send you into your weekend with some good spirits. 
I am Jack Bushman, your host of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey. Or you can also email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions regarding the Blackhawks, myself, or simply just life in general. Thank you again for tuning in to Friday, June 5th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, the first flashback Friday in Lockdown Blackhawks history. So today in Blackhawks history, we flash back to the 2010 Stanley Cup Final when the Hawks were taking on the Broad Street Bullies, the Philadelphia Flyers. But first, before we get into the flashback, I have to admit I cheated a little bit here. I've been planning to do a Flashback Friday segment since Jay first reached out to me about the podcast and possibly coming up with ideas, and I thought it would be a great idea to reminisce a little bit while we were all sitting around playing with our thumbs because, you know, there's no sports on TV. So, I admit it, the Blackhawks have had literally nothing happen in their history on June 5th. I couldn't find anything. You can go look it up if you think I'm stupid. There's nothing to talk about, I swear it. With all the Western Conferences and Stanley Cup Final Games in the last 10 years, you would think one of them landed on June 5th. Nope, not one. So, I jumped the gun a little bit here, and I flash back to June 6th, 2010. But I promise you, the next two weeks of Flashback Friday are some darn good ones that you need to tune in for. And they're actually (laughs) on their actual date. Okay, so now we can enter the flashback properly, except there will be a little bit of an asterisk next to it the entire time. Alright, now, picture, it's early June 2010. The Blackhawks have finally clawed their way back to relevance in the professional hockey world after being rated the worst franchise in the four major sports just a couple of years prior. Summertime is finally stepping onto the scene in Chicago, and the buzz around the city is real. The only thing standing in the way of the Blackhawks' first Stanley Cup in 49 years is the Cinderella story Philadelphia Flyers. The same team that was down 3-0 in the first round against the Boston Bruins and fought their way back to even the series three games apiece before going down 3-0 in Game 7, just to come back again and win the game and the series. The definition of a Cinderella story. Led by Mike Richards, Danny Breer, Chris Pronger, Jeff Carter, Scott Hartnell and company, the Flyers were an underrated team that played with tremendous size and skill, but just lacked a true number one netminder with Brian Boucher and Michael Layton splitting time. After taking a commanding 2-0 series lead with two victories in Chicago, the Flyers battled back to take both games in Philadelphia to even the series. Game 5 was back at the United Center, but there was an unsettling feeling in the stomach of every Hawks fan on that June 5th. Had the momentum shifted in Philadelphia's favor? Was a team that looked so destined to win it all after a series sweep of the top-seeded San Jose Sharks in the previous round going to blow a 2-0 lead in classic Chicago fashion? Could this young team handle the pressure with their backs against the wall versus a more experienced Flyers squad? Those were just a couple of the questions racing through the minds of the millions of Chicagoans tuned into Game 5 of the 2010 Stanley Cup Final as Jim Cornelison absolutely crushed the national anthem as he does per usual. Antti Niemi got the start in net for the Blackhawks as he did for the entire 2010 postseason. Michael Layton started in net for Philadelphia. Now, Getting into the game, the Blackhawks got off to a strong start, pressuring Leighton and the Flyers from the get-go to get the United Center on their feet early. After a handful of quality scoring opportunities in the first half of the opening frame, 
Christopher Stieg found Brent Seabrook wide open in the slot, and Seabs let go of a wrister to beat Leighton shortside for a power play goal. 1-0 Blackhawks. Just a couple minutes later, with the fans still on their feet, waving those red playoff towels in the air, Dave Boland found the puck behind the Flyers' net and banked a shot off of Leighton's right skate and in on a delayed penalty to double the Blackhawks' lead. 2-0. Fans are absolutely going bonkers. The offensive outpour in the first period wasn't done yet, though, as less than three minutes later, Versteeg made a nifty move to enter the Flyers' zone, and he ripped a shot past Leighton's blocker for his second point of the first period. 3-0 Blackhawks. Now, Right after the first intermission, Blackhawks didn't look so hot. Antti Niemi lost track of a rebound, and Scott Hartnell jumped on a loose puck to cut the Blackhawks' lead to 3-1 just 32 seconds into the second period, which made everyone in the building grab their seats a little bit. Not the start you wanted out of the intermission. But don't worry, Coach Q got the boys back in a hurry as the Blackhawks answered back five minutes later after tremendous play in transition Andrew Ladd found a loose puck after trying to get the puck on net and found Patrick Kane cross-crease for an open net. 4-1 Blackhawks. Cue Chelsea, baby. The three-goal lead is back in order. The Flyers, though, give them credit. They never said die. As Kimo Timonen, Stanley Cup champion with the Blackhawks five years later, found a loose puck and scored his first goal of the postseason on the power play to cut the Blackhawks' lead to two once again. After some strong and physical play from both sides throughout the second period, the Blackhawks cashed in thanks to some terrific puck movement on the power play with Dustin Bufflin, big buff baby, capping it off with a stuff shot in the crease to make it 5-2 Blackhawks. Terrific feed from Jonathan Taze to find a wide open Bufflin all alone in front. Bufflin all alone in front of the net, that equals bad news for Philadelphia. As I mentioned just a moment ago, Give credit to Philadelphia for hanging tough, though, as they came out of the second intermission with a purpose yet again, with James Van Riemsdyk cutting the Blackhawks' lead to two goals for the third time in the game, 5-3 to three now. As Philadelphia pressured down the stretch, Antti Niemi stood tough in goal and held the Flyers down while they surged, and eventually the Blackhawks capitalized on their aggressiveness in transition. With just under four minutes to go, Patrick Sharp cashed in on a 3-on-1 for his 10th goal of the playoffs to basically put the dagger in the Flyers and give the Hawks a Game 5 victory at home. Simone Gagne would go on to make things interesting just over a minute later to make it 6-4 and cut the Blackhawks' lead to 2 for the 4th time in the game, but Bufflin added his 2nd of the night with an empty netter to seal the deal. Hell of a win there for the Blackhawks, and we know what follows 3 nights later, Another night of a near heartbreak, but Showtime would earn his first stripe and put the Blackhawks back on the map, giving them their first Stanley Cup in 49 seasons. Man, <laughs> is it fun to think about the glory days. I know I cheated a little bit there, but I think that was a pretty darn good way to kick off Flashback Fridays. And as I said earlier, I promise the next two episodes are just as good, if not better, and are actually on the same day. Don't hate me. You find something that occurred in Blackhawks history on June 5th, and please share with me on Twitter because I would love to know. Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up Friday, June 5th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and make sure to give the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page a follow, at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks. 
Before we wrap up this episode though, I want to let you know that the next episode will come out on Monday where I will be debuting my Mailbag Monday segment. I want to hear what you have to say or any questions you have to ask, so please hit me with those at LockdownBlackhawks' email, which I just mentioned a few moments ago. That's LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Or you can just ask me on Twitter at TalkinHockey, and I'll make sure to respond to those on Monday's episode. An easy way to check out Mailbag Monday is by subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks as soon as it's out each day. And after the show is over, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news about a potential return to hockey in the coming months. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at JackBushman2. Please, please, please hit me with some questions for Mailbag Monday's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. You can do so at Talkin' Hockey, at JackBushman2, or you can email the Lockdown Black, Blackhawks email, which is Lockdown Blackhawks, all one word, capital L, capital O, capital B, at gmail.com. Until then, make sure to enjoy your weekend. Thank you again for tuning in.